0: Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
1: It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, February 1st, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, the first niz hour of a new month. I'm Rob Hart. A company in Israel has developed as being touted as the first all-electric passenger airplane. We'll find out more in our next segment. But right now, last year was a record setter when it comes to the number of people quitting their jobs. We're joined by Bob Bruska, chief economist, fact and opinion, economics based in new york bob thanks for joining us today uh the, the the record number of quits last year is is an economic story but it's also a psychology story i mean what drove people to quit their jobs in such massive numbers
2: oh okay uh do we have a couple hours here uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll block out some time
2: uh, yeah no it's, it's a complicated story i mean some of it is um you mentioned psychology some people are afraid of covid and uh Uh, For some people, it's a real fear. For some people, it's a real danger. Uh, For other people, uh, they found that uh, there were places that um, there were better opportunities, wages started to go up, and so people began job hopping. And um, there was also this thing where you could uh, work at home, and some firms let you do it, some firms didn't. So if you wanted to work at home and your firm wouldn't let you uh, do it, well, then maybe boom, maybe you job hopped. So There are a lot of different reasons why people engage in in job hopping, but a lot of it is the tight economy, the many opportunities that are there, and then various aspects of COVID.
1: And we're still uh, waiting on that jobs report on Friday morning. We're going to get the ADP report tomorrow about hiring in the month of January. Uh, The pace of job opening slowed down slightly, uh, possibly reflecting uh, the impact of Omicron, but it's still uh, uh, substantially higher than it was the number of open jobs compared to pre-pandemic times. Yes. um,
2: There clearly is a skills mismatch and uh, A lot of this, I mean, some of it is because women who have mostly wind up being the caregivers uh, with kids not being able to go to school full-time have had to stay home, and that's taken them out of the labor force. Um, That's part of the story. Uh, Another part of the story, a bigger part of the story, apparently, is people retiring, deciding that uh, it's too dangerous out there, or I don't need to put up with this, and just quitting and taking their retirement. And there may be another element that has to do with – less foreign workers coming in, you know, for high-tech jobs and things like that. We used to source a lot of people from overseas, and with uh, travel restrictions and people wary about traveling, there may be some problem uh, with these people who have special skills and not coming in to fill jobs, but the gap is huge.
1: And then very quickly, uh, what are the? let's take a look at these snapshots of manufacturing and construction spending, and what do those reports tell us about the state of not only demand, but also uh, inflation and supply chain issues?
2: Yeah, well, the supply chain issues are are still with us. Uh, the inflation numbers, the pressure is still there. Uh, on, on the month, the construction spending data uh, still seem to be showing some slowdown.
1: Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economic, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, the first all-electric passenger airplane is preparing to take flight. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. An all-electric passenger aircraft could be taking its first flight within a matter of weeks. Let's get the latest now from Ken Goldstein, President KJG International Consulting, based in Chicago. Ken, thanks for joining us today. Tell us all about the Alice.
3: Well, the Alice is an interesting concept and actual uh, it's a developing airplane. They've already done some taxi tests. It's started by or developed by an Israeli company called aviation, and went through engine testing last week up in Arlington, a- Arlington, Municipal airport, north of Seattle. One of the reasons they decided to go up there because there's a tremendous pool of talent in the aviation industry because of Boeing, Amazon up there. And also the FAA has a regional office up there, which is important to get it certified. You're talking about aircraft that is can hopefully fly for about an hour or about 440 miles Uh, which is kind of a short range. But the interesting thing here is they've got two contracts or orders from DHL for short cargo aircraft. Uh, That should be in 2024. And in 2023, Cape Air, which is a local carrier up in the Massachusetts area and also down in the Caribbean, flying from places like Boston to Nantucket and talking of using it as almost like an air taxi. Uh, But this is an interesting concept, and electric aviation is coming around uh, even United has invested in some, Boeing's invested in some companies, Airbus has something going. There's a lot of things going on in this uh, cutting edge, shall we say.
1: It's, it takes about uh, 30 minutes to charge the electric airplane for this uh, flight, uh, again, you know, a, 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 a range of about 440 miles and a maximum cruising speed that's about less than half of a Boeing 737. And in the Chicago area, this is the kind of plane, uh, at, at first blush, you You'd see it parked at Signature Aviation at Midway or maybe at uh, the Executive Airport up in Wheeling.
3: Yeah, up in Uh You're talking about aircraft, first of all, let's go back. It's, it's using lithium-ion batteries. As you said, they require 30 minute or less charge per flight hour. So each 30 minutes, you get a flight hour like that up to their capacity. Uh, you're talking, again, we're in the Chicago area, again, at the Executivation or with the side of uh, where the— uh, uh, people at uh, Midway are for the private aircraft, but in in the Chicago area, the use could be, for example, as flying between Milwaukee and Chicago, or from Chicago out to Rockford, things like that, and could also handle going maybe Chicago even going out to the quad city, so in short range like that, but again there 's potential here if they can get, get the flight tests correct. Uh, now they've done the uh, taxi test and go from there. It's an interesting aircraft because with electric aviation, the problem is the weight of the aircraft, like with cars. But you need to get that down because this has to the fly. And they're using composite material and things like that.
1: And then this uh, electric airplane, is it as noisy as the typical jet aircraft? Or is it like uh, a lot of other electric mechanical items? Is it a lot quieter?
3: A lot quieter than a jet engine, because, again, there's not that, that much noise there. Plus, the pictures that I've seen of the aircraft, which I believe uh, you guide as well, show that the aircraft's engines are in back, and they're using prop, which is going to be quieter than a jet engine. So these are propellers back there. But also putting the engines in the back, you get the noise going back there. So it's a lot quieter, as you indicated, and the potential for flying – Clean and less noisy is always there.
1: Well, there appears to be change in the air. Thank you very much. Ken Goldstein, President, KJG International Consulting, based in Chicago. Coming up next, sales of real estate in the metaverse could top a billion dollars this year information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The business of buying space in the metaverse is exploding. Let's learn more from Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer of Bundle AR based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Sales of real estate in the metaverse topped $500 million last year, and it could double in 2022. And my question for you, Matt, is what gives real estate in the metaverse value?
4: I mean, like anything else, value is based on what other people are willing to pay for it. So, you know, in in the physical world, real estate, there's, there's limited real estate. Obviously, in digital space, there isn't. But there is definitely popularity. There is an audience. So the value of a digital space in the metaverse might be more related to the number of people who are visiting and the value that those, those visitors would bring.
1: And what is uh, what, what is driving this uh, rush for land? And uh, what what are people trying to find as they throw all this money into the metaverse?
4: Um, well, with the metaverse, there's a lot of big brands that are starting to understand and realize that VR and AR technology are not going away. This is where things are going. And the metaverse is just an iteration of that. It, it's, it's, you know, it's space. It's three dimensional. And so big brands are buying in as those brands buy in. They're bringing their audiences with them. And people are starting to realize there's business to be transacted here. There's, you know, NFT with crypto and NFT that that creates kind of the uniqueness of it in digital ownership. And so there's value, again, in uniqueness in an audience and being able to get your brand some more awareness and being able to sell products.
1: Now, five hundred million dollars in uh, digital real estate, you know, metaverse sales last year, and potentially a billion dollars uh, to be made in twenty twenty two. Is it possible, though, that um, this slowdown in the market, this higher interest rate environment, uh, investors uh, racing away from the tech sector and into uh, kind of uh, more value stocks and value propositions, does that does that have the potential to slow down uh, metaverse transactions this year?
4: I mean, historically, higher interest rates always tend to draw money away from riskier investments, so, but just because the metaverse and the investments in metaverse and NFTs and crypto, because that is so new, I think, you know, there's there's going to be more people piling into it just because it is it is relatively young. It is relatively new. $500 million sounds like a lot of money, but compare that to the amount of real estate that sold in the city of Chicago last year, and it's, it's nothing, and so, you know, it's I think you'll still see a lot more money. You'll see the, the amount of money growing. It might slow down a little bit, but I think you'll see growth.
1: Matt Wren, co-founder and chief tech officer of Bundle AR based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us to uh, talk about this uh, real estate boom in the metaverse. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, the latest on the logistics of taking a spring
0: break trip. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM noon business hour continues.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The list of potential host cities for the Winter Olympics could become much shorter as global temperatures rise. Health leaders monitor a new sub variant of COVID 19 that's made its way to Illinois. Travel Tuesday. Careful planning is the key for a spring break, break, break trip during the pandemic. Early retirement may sound appealing, but it could come with some financial danger. WBBM Business, the market. Markets are higher once again. The Dow up 18 points. The NASDAQ is up 16. The S&P 500 is up 2. AccuWeather says turning out cloudy, breezy and mild with a bit of rain later on. A high today of 45. That rain will change to snow tonight. We have 44 degrees right now in Chicago under cloudy skies at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, the future of the Winter Olympics is a bit cloudy with more cities unable to stay cold enough to host the games. The story from CBS News correspondent Tina Kraus.
5: Experts. Say by 2050 just 10 of the 19 past winter olympic cities will have suitable climates to sustain the games
6: a lot of them are getting really really warm not just really warm but really warm really quickly
0: forcing
5: organizers and athletes to adapt
7: the snow is actually really amazing the man-made stuff you have to be really aggressive with how you ride
5: and scientists say only aggressive climate action can keep the winter in Winter Olympics. Tina Kraus, CBS News.
1: The first confirmed case of the BA2 subvariant of the Omicron strain of COVID-19 has been detected in Illinois. Northwestern Medicine's Dr. Egon Ozer tells CBS2 that cases weren't a downward trend until the new variant arrived. Cases
4: did uh, increase quickly and then there's been sort of a stall in in the decrease in cases, so we're still watching that.
1: Early research shows the substrain is more transmissible than the original Omicron variant, but that early research also says that the, it's holding up well to vaccines. Markets are slightly higher today. We're joined now by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. It's a brand new month, and it seems like uh, investors want to turn the page on January, but can they do that?
5: Well, good afternoon, Robin. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, we had that big rally. Actually, the last two business days, especially yesterday, was a rally of of a lot of the most beaten down stocks that were more speculative names uh, as opposed to the quality stocks. But everything everything went up at the end of uh, last month. That takes us to today, where everything seems to be kind of just treading water waiting for some more earnings announcements that are coming out in some tech names. And uh, so far, earnings season's been pretty good. So, you know, you've got the worry about the Fed, you've got the worry about COVID, you've got geopolitical problems to worry about, and inflation. But then in the backdrop of that is is corporate earnings are doing great. So, you're, I think you're going to see a lot of chop in February, uh, in other words, a lot, of, uh, a lot of volatility but going nowhere as the market digests all of these risks and the profitability of the, of the companies uh, that have, have been coming out with earnings. So it's, it's going to be a volatile month, but I don't think we're going to be going uh, one direction or the other a whole lot. I think it's just going to be a lot of chop.
1: I mean, it sounds like one of those daily affirmations that you give yourself to reduce anxiety. But as far as the markets are concerned, there are some things you can control and there are some things you cannot control. And the the things you can't control, obviously, the geopolitical situation, what happens uh, between Russia and Ukraine is up to the diplomats right now. Um, COVID appears to be on the downswing once again. All the places that were Omicron hotspots, the cases are falling uh, very quickly. And then with uh, interest, It just sounds like uh, investors have wrapped their head around uh, the pace of interest rate hikes, and they've they've arrived at some level of comfort.
5: I would agree that a lot of these um, question marks have started to be be answered. But, you know, when you've got something like the pandemic, uh, whether it's endemic now or not, uh, is a question yet. But the, the bottom line with, with with COVID is you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, uh, Omicron seems to be mild, uh, but what's going to happen three months from now? Uh, and then you've got Russia, which is, somebody tell me what, what's going to happen there, because I, I can't tell you. Um, it, we'll have to see. So there, there definitely still are a lot of question marks out there. I think people have I agree with you that have agreed on what the Fed is likely to do and is and are starting to become comfortable with that. I think the worry is is that inflation numbers stay really red hot and then the Fed does more than what's expected. So you got to look at the inflation numbers coming out. They have been very very uh, high and I do think they will start to taper off uh, as the year unfolds. But yeah, there's a lot out there to be worried about, but I I just think that in the end core corpor- Corporate earnings will trump all this, and we will end up getting back in a in a uh, upward moving market. But this may take three to six months of chop before we really get to it.
1: Have the uh, markets priced in Friday's uh, jobs report? Uh,
5: I, well, I don't I don't think that's possible at this point. I, I think that that right now, um, you know, you've you've got a market that just is digesting a huge run up after a terrible. January. And at this point, I think it's just treading water, waiting for data like the jobs report, but waiting for other corporate earnings. And you'll see things start to move as we get more information going into February. But it's been through a lot already. That's why I really expect some chop for the next month or two, just because I hear so many prognosticators saying we're going straight back up. And then some saying, oh, this is just the beginning of a huge crash. Man, when I hear a lot of that, I, I just say, you know what, they're probably all wrong. And it's probably going to be a choppy market for the next couple months. And then I do think we do resume a, a bull run, but but not, after, not until this has to go, this has to pass.
1: Well, thanks for joining us. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk Based in Chicago. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, an update on the challenges of taking a trip during the pandemic. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. Tuesday, spring break trips are coming up in the next month or so. Let's update the situation for those looking to get away with Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chaddock Institute based in DePaul University. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Uh, first off, if you are uh, planning a spring break trip now and uh, surfing around looking for airfare uh, late March uh, into April, uh, what can you find right now? What's the status of airline schedules and their openings?
7: Sure, it sure is a moving target. Airlines right now are hedging their bets. They're still nervous about spring break just due to the uh you know, the new variant, people's hesitations. We know Florida's gonna be really strong, uh but uh places like Cancun, uh Puerto Rico, there's some real bargains out there. Uh, until the airlines have a better sense of a spring break is going to be uh, uh, as good as we hoped a few months ago, you know, with the uh, some of the recent developments. I will say Florida, though, we can expect fares to go up dramatically in the next few weeks because all indications are that it's uh, it's the hottest market in air travel right now.
1: And domestic, uh, domestic travel, that's got to be make it or break a time for the airline industry because business travel is yet to come back.
7: That's right and we've seen uh one forecast after another uh miss the mark where we have uh, you know less uh less convention travel in particular. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, the indications are, are pretty good that come April, May, we're going to be set for a really good summer, uh, probably business travel. We think coming back to about 60 percent of pre-pandemic, which which may not sound great, but that's that's certainly better than 30. So the airlines are really expected to make some money this summer. But spring break is going to be hot and cold. Some markets really strong. Others, uh, international, for example, are pretty weak.
1: The uh, the industry, do they in the their modeling or their projections is it, is it does the potential exist um for the vaccinations for children under five uh to really supercharge uh, airline demand that you have some families that were sitting on the sidelines uh waiting for their uh their their youngest children to get fully vaccinated before they started uh, venturing out again
7: yeah no question i think it's uh sometimes less concern about um Uh, And the fact that with the vaccine, you can actually still spread the virus. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, sort of hesitation when you're uh, you have some uncertainty. But but with the new uh, child vaccines coming out, uh, the stock market's been good, unemployment's low. Uh, All the signs look pretty good um you know the uh, uh we've said that before <laughs> we have more variants coming out but uh, based on what we saw at christmas uh, that pent up demand is really something uh, something right now
1: what uh, advice do you have for travelers who do have a spring break trip planned um but also have that uh, worry in the back of their mind that uh, they're going to get that phone call you know the day before travel day uh, guess what your flight's been canceled
7: Well, I think airlines have built back some trust with the new flexible ticket policies that if something happens with another surge there, are been pretty good lately about allowing you to change your trip. Sometimes you can't change the destination, but you can change the date uh, at no cost if you're not in basic economy, so that's a good thing. Uh, We also know that um, try to book a flight uh, if you can, or maybe it's not the last flight out, so if your flight gets canceled, uh, they can put you on a later flight or stay flexible because that's a new reality we're seeing that really surprises people. Airlines completely uh, change their schedule five or six weeks out, move people around and uh, that can be uh, pretty jarring
1: and also uh, you know, really make sure that uh, your flight is not uh, you know, very uh, close up against uh, the next thing on your itinerary where it's a, whether it's a bus or a cruise ship arrival or departure. Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chattuck Institute at DePaul University thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday and still to come, taking the risks out of early retirement. You know the IT of retiring early does have its appeal, but there are some important things to be aware of. Let's get some insight now from Tony Orgorek, the founder of Orgoric Wealth Management, based in Buffalo, New York. Tony, thank you for joining us today. So, uh, one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars—that is the net worth of the average baby boomer. Uh, it's that's good for three years of average spending. Uh, how much? What What does that number have to be if you want to retire before the age of sixty-seven?
6: Well, you know, Rob, it's all dependent on the kind of lifestyle that you'd like to have as long as as well as your longevity. Um, And I I think it's really important for people to understand that just looking at a number in in isolation can really be misleading because let's face it, you know, uh, over the past 15 years, inflation has averaged about 2% a year. Now, all of a sudden, we're at 7% a year. And if you are betting on just 2% inflation over the next 10, 20, 30 years that you're planning on being retired, and it's significantly higher, you're gonna be in a world of trouble. So I think, you know, instead of looking at a number, I think it's probably best to look at your age. And one of the most significant sources of income a lot of people have is their social security. Now, they let you, you know, take early retirement before your full retirement age at 62. The problem with that is you give up a significant amount of benefits over your lifetime. So, you know, if you're dependent on Social Security for a fair amount of income, probably doesn't make sense to retire prior to your full retirement age.
1: Thanks for joining us. Tony Orgoric, founder of Ogorek Wealth Management based in Buffalo, New York. Glad we can uh, connect. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app.
0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blockout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.